This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride to the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitin Jaladanki and Ayush Agarwal. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much a Musical. This is a very special episode as we're joined actually not by just one guest, but two guests, both Jill and Adam who are husband and wife and who have been uh, combating the struggle of ADHD for a while now as uh, Jill's, uh, Jill and Adam and their children all struggle with ADHD. But what they've done that's super interesting is that they've been able to take ADHD, which, is often, which often has a very negative stigma behind it and made it into something more positive. So Jill and Adam, if you could talk about your experiences with ADHD and what you're doing to change the stigma around ADHD, that'd be great. Hi, um, so our boys both got diagnosed around eight years old, around grade three, and we started noticing more of the hyperactivity and impulsivity that were emanating throughout preschool and then when they got into school. So there was a struggle. So we really wanted to uh, get them diagnosed. The school was probably definitely very tough in the beginning, especially for our older one who's now 13, just because we would get many emails and calls and being eight years old or even before they weren't able to really advocate for themselves. So my husband and I really advocated for them until they were able to advocate for themselves as they got older when they understood the language and really understood what ADHD was and that it really is beneficial to have ADHD versus the negative stigma that you were mentioning that we're trying to get across. Um, I actually have anxiety. I don't have ADHD, but Adam can speak freely about his ADHD and just being as a kid. And then he further went into being into his adulthood. Yeah. So. I'm 43, uh, you know, when I was being raised, you know, back then, it was just that I was a kid with a lot of energy. I was a kid that, you know, some touted as, you know, not well behaved, you know, kind of impulsive. Um, wasn't really diagnosed as, as freely as it is today or, or maybe over diagnosed as it is today. So I was just a kid with a lot of energy that was, you know, misclassified as, as not behaved. As I got into college, you know, I still struggle with the same things that we talk about in our book with, with some ADHD tendencies and impulsiveness, but I, I was able to, you know, get through some of those. And now um, I have a successful career in an insurance industry. Got diagnosed later in life, probably a couple of years ago. Um, just decided to get diagnosed to, to, to kind of, you know, familiarize myself with some of the things that I had growing up and, and to help myself get more accustomed to some of the things that both my boys are doing. Yeah, so thank you so much for those introductions on both of you guys. And um, we, just a few weeks ago, we had a guest on the podcast. He actually struggles with cerebral palsy and he's had that since birth. So we kind of wanted to connect that to ADHD. So if you just kind of talk about what exactly ADHD is, because I feel like there's a lot of people who just say they have ADHD, but there's they most likely don't. There's also like ADD, as far as I've heard and researched about. So could you actually, could you just talk about what exactly ADHD is and why there's such a negative stigma behind it? Because in the end, as Adam was saying, it, they, people just think about it just extra energy. So why is there a negative stigma behind it? 
Well, I'll just define. So ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and then ADD is attention deficit disorder. Now, there's been so many different claims of which one you have, which one you don't, but it is broken up into three categories. Um, it's the hyperactivity, the impulsivity, and then there's the combined. They do keep changing it around with... Um, Right, they keep changing all the different with yeah. the, the DSM for DSM five, but um, with ADHD or ADD, the ADHD is the hyperactivity, which I would say our boys both have, and that impulsivity. So they're very hyper. So in school, it looked like they weren't listening, but really they were listening. They just were listening in a different way because they have a different learning style, or they were being disrespectful but they weren't being disrespectful. They just didn't have an avenue or they didn't have the correct support that they needed to help guide them. So once we provided them with the support they needed and we spoke with the teachers, they were able to have more success throughout the year. So once the teachers really understood what ADHD was, ADD is more, you would talk about more of like the focus and you would be looking around, you might not be understanding what the teacher says because you're thinking about something different. So it's not as, uh, prevalent with thinking a child is being disrespectful because they might just be in, be quiet, but really a, a lot they're of the struggling. Same, a lot of the same tendencies of ADHD, but you just don't really have that hyperactivity, that motor always kind of running type of mentality. And it's not as physical. So I would say that the ADHD is more physical so you can see what a child's doing. So you're thinking, you know, that they're not paying attention or, you know, they might be disruptive to class or as teachers think they're being disruptive, but they're just trying to communicate in a different way. But for ADD, it might just be a child, like we said, is more quiet and they're more internalized, but they're really trying to process what's provided for them. I think that gives like a really good understanding of, you know, what's the difference between ADHD, ADD, uh, and why there's such a negative stigma around it. Um, and that kind of leads to what you all are doing to combat it, which is the memoir, Itchy Brain. So if you could talk a little bit about that, what was the thought process behind making it, uh, how you went about writing it, how you got it published, et cetera. I think that would give the readers a good understanding of, you know, uh, what exactly the memoir is about. Yeah, I, I can let Jill speak a little bit about that. She was the main driver behind the the book itself. But at the end of the day, we really, when when, when we were raising our kids, um, our, we were going through a lot of the struggles that they went through in school and us taking them out into settings. And we really wanted to use the book to, when we were going through that, we wished we, you know, we have, a, there's a ton of doctor's information out there, fantastic information. You know, we're very thankful to the doctors, but we're really, what we really ideally wanted when going through this process with our kids was we wanted a family story. We wanted to see how a family dealt with it. We wanted to see someone else in our same situation and we struggled to find that. So as we were going through um, our boys' lives with ADHD, we said, you know what? We, we want to put this out there for folks to, to have a, a resource as. And I'll let Jilly speak to you know, talking about how we wrote the book and how it came about. But at the end of the day, we ideally wanted this as a resource for a family to read, to say, hey, wow, I'm not the only one out there. I'm not alone. Here's what another family did. And they're really thriving with it. 
And uh, with the in the memoir, we broke it up into sections, not chapters. So you don't need to read it from front to back cover. You can skip around, and they're they're really pretty short sections. Some of them talk about early years, talks about impulsivity, talks about red dye, which is really big that we noticed um, that really affected our children in their ADHD tendencies and making them more emotional or very hyperactive. The process behind it was well, it's pretty much our life. So we've been taking notes whether mentally or we've been taking notes. I've been writing stuff down in my um, phone under the next night uh, note section forever. And we just decided COVID happened. My son wrote a poem calling Imagine Having ADHD. And that just sort of sparked everything to be like, you know something, let's put this into a book. So it probably took, I would say, from start to finish, two to three years. And then we just published it in May of uh, this year year and it, it you know it, it so, was it was definitely a learning experience because we've never published anything before yeah we're, f- we're first time authors we went the self-publishing route we didn't we didn't go the publisher route um got hired an editor and, and really just wrote it wrote it ourselves uh, about our life and, and like jill said broke it into sections so it's really an easy read you don't have to read it from page one to page 60. You can read it from, you know, look at the chapters that you want to read, whether it's school, whether it's growing up, whether it's medicine, whether it's sports, whether it's anything. Um, We really try to make it an easy read for for all ages. It is. So we know that, you know, I know a couple of nine and 10 year olds who were able to read it. Maybe some words might be a little challenging, but just with some guidance with their parents or they can figure it out just reading around the word, reading all around the um, word or just the sentence. And then we also you know, adults, grandparents, coaches. We're just trying to make it as user-friendly and just a great resource for all. Yeah, so thank you so much for that background on the on the memoir that you wrote about. I think that we're definitely going to link that in the description of the podcast. So for our listeners, if you just want to check it out, it'll definitely be in the description. But the memoir is only one way that you wanted to like kind of get rid of the negative stigma behind ADHD, but you were also able to like go on the news. So how was the experience of going onto the news and talking about ADHD? Was it a very scary experience? Because like you obviously have to open up about your family and your experiences on live TV where millions of people may be reading and watching. So how were you able to get on? Was it a scary experience and how was the overall experience? Well, well, we're hoping millions of people can watch because ideally that's what we want out of this memoir. But we got on some local news stations. And, and when we first wrote the book, you know, my family especially was like, you know, you're really opening it up, like you said, your your life to the world. But we're doing it for a cause, right? We're doing it so that we can help spread awareness on, on what a gift ADHD was. So it, it's actually a good thing. But t- to be honest, with, with Jill and I, you know, the, the news was very nerve wracking, um, but it was relatively easy. So this memoir and this book is easy for us to speak to because it's essentially our lives. It's a, it's our day to day lives. We're ingrained in it. So it's super easy f- for us to speak about it, especially me, because because I live with ADHD as as well as my boys, you know, maybe more so for Jilly because she deals with the three of us. <laughs> Look ahead. <laughs> I would say, so we were on three different uh, news stations. The first one was an in-person interview and they came to our house. So it was really easy. The kids were involved in it. And then we did some like backyard type games and it it was relatively, it was just fun. You know, it was just very 
uh, natural and just uh, easy. The other two were uh, were different type of interviews. They're more through the Zoom call. So as anyone knows, being in person, I feel like is sometimes easier than being on, on Zoom. But you know, like Adam said, it's very easy to talk about this memoir just because we are living it. But um, we, it, it was nerve wracking. Not gonna lie. Like I said, I have anxiety. So the thought the night before of not sleeping and my nervous stomach the day of was was very interesting. And like I said, the boys were the were the first news interview, but they didn't they didn't partake in the other two just because it's just sometimes easier for us just to talk about the book and to talk about around their tendencies versus them talking just because they did a nice job with the first interview, but they they you could tell they were nervous, but they were excited because they felt like they were a little celebrities, especially when they went to school and all their friends were like, wait, you were on the news? That's so cool. I've never been on the news. Yeah, the first one was a, a you know, a two to three minute overview of our family and why we wrote the book. The second news interview was really uh, probably like a seven minute, pretty in-depth interview with, with Jill and I. And, and then the third one was actually up, I think it was almost 18 minutes. And that was just a one-on-one -on -one with Jill and a news group and really just got into a lot of the nitty gritty on the book. So each news interview was different and unique, but uh, great experience. Yeah, nerve wracking at the same time. Thank you. I think it's definitely very interesting doing an interview like real time on the news versus kind of pre-recording it like we're doing now because like that live aspect I think can make at least for me, I, I know that I would be very nerve wracked with the live aspect. Um, but I actually kind of wanted to shift in and talk a little bit more about, you know, the potential uh, discrimination that like people with disabilities or people with ADHD might face in society. Because uh, as Nathan mentioned earlier, when we talked to Kevin McShawn uh, and his experiences with cerebral palsy, he mentioned how it was extremely difficult for him to get employed. Uh, even in the field of like journalism, where there's a lot of opportunities, obviously there's a lot of uh, current events and news going all the time, going on all the time in the real world. And there's always new opportunities. Even there, it was very difficult for him to get employed. So I was wondering if, you know, because of ADHD, uh, Adam, you faced, you know, any uh, real world discrimination, you know, from peers or, from employers uh, because of the ADHD. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's ironic because it, it hasn't been until probably the last two or three years that I've actually openly spoke about ADHD, right? Um, I, like I said, I was always a kid with a lot of energy and the hyper kid that never comes down and all that, but I never really talked about it and how it affected my life. I, I, I do not like the word disability um I, I think it's more of like a unique characteristic I, i'm not it i understand that it's a disability but i i i, I i'm not sure I, I just don't care for that word as much um it's definitely a unique characteristic and, and i work for the insurance industry and i started to get involved with the disability networks there and started to speak openly about it once the book came out you know my my company kind of got wind of of the book and kind of wanted to talk to me about how I moved up through my career. And I can't say that my company, um, I, I, I didn't get discriminated by any means. Um, 
more so now than ever it's it's actually been embraced and i'm speaking about it more and speaking about my coping mechanisms and and some things i do at work that's that's helped me turn into to the leader that i am so I, i haven't been discriminated so to say but um i've seen it with the boys and, and maybe outside of work it, it's more of a, like he's just the kid with a lot of energy or he's just the kid that doesn't come down or he's just a kid that especially when i was growing up just a the young bratty kid so to say but i think though the one thing when um adam used would come home from work after he did come out openly about having adhd that more people came forward and like oh wow i didn't even think that i would have that i just thought that i was thinking wrong or i just thought that i couldn't understand this task or i just thought i couldn't sit still so i really think that what we're trying to do is bring awareness to families but really we're just bringing awareness to everyone in adults it seems to be adults seem to be getting diagnosed later on in life so i think that this is really helping people to accept their unique characteristics versus saying oh there must be something wrong with me or just overlooking it because you know, if you overlook stuff then you don't establish a coping strategy that will help you when you encounter different experiences or job opportunities or uh, just life situations i think now more than ever especially in the society society that we're in today i i think people have to be open and and willing to talk about whatever it is that might affect them or whatever disability they have. I think that's really crucial nowadays. It's helped me t- tremendously and I see it with all of our society. The more you talk about it and the more open you're about it, I I think it can help everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of High School Not Too Much in Musical. Make sure to tune into part two of our conversation with Jill and Adam, where we talk about their first person account of how Adam created some coping methods for himself at work. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not Too Much in Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.